Quick shout out to our patrons, Callie Harlan, Timothy O'Keefe, Wicked Encounters, Inai Ravid, and Alex Peltier. Thank you so much for all your support. This episode contains dynamic sounds and is best with headphones. Some sound effects and voices may sound as if they are coming from beside you. As a quick reminder, the Q&A is open for Season 1 questions. It will remain open for a full week after the season ends. You can ask your questions by reaching out on any of our socials, as well as our Discord. Or you can shoot us an email. Links can be found in the description. Last note, Episode 21 may release a little later than normal as we get everything situated for the end of the season. It shouldn't be much of a delay. A week, at most. Please, enjoy the show. Treasured things, new and old. Pawn shop? What exactly am I getting myself into? With any luck, all you'll have to do is stand there and look pretty. (sighs) Talbot, whatever you do, don't ask any questions. No one is here, and the lights are off? Hmm. The sign on the door said open. It did say open, didn't it? Talbot! No questions! Wait, that was... You mentioned that as a rule, which I am now just realizing. Uh, Correct. How odd. Not the rule, of course. Chalk that up to city stuff. I meant this place. Sure is. Don't touch that. Don't touch anything. Right. What? Mm. Sorry, it's just... That stuffed bear. I used to have one exactly like it. I would like an explanation. Uh, If it gets you to shut up, fine. I'll have to make it quick. First of all, this place isn't empty. At least, not if you were anyone else. To the everyday guy, this place is exactly as advertised. Judging by the parking lot, I'd say it's pretty packed in here. Then what... Go on. But we didn't come here as everyday people. We were invited. The moment we walked through those doors, we were... displaced. Into a different version of the store. You could say this is the true version. I see. Like, the back halls of the office, then. Not at all. I don't know all the details myself. All you need to know is that the owner of this place is not a joke. This space is just wrong. Now that you mention it, it's like the air is shifted. Everything seems to just not be in the right place. Uh, Not physically. Physically, everything looks normal. Rather, everything feels... Yeah, like you said. Wrong. Hold on, you said, first of all, what... Right. Sorry. Second off... I can't see that bear you were talking about. I just assumed you were going to do something stupid when you reached your hand out into the air. That... elaborate. Everything in this place is tailored to the viewer. Every item you see is either something from your past or that represents your past. These items aren't for sale, Talbot. These items are up for bargain. Hold on, that can't... Huh. You're right. 
I know. That's my first bike. A and this toy car, it's the exact same make and model of my first actual car. Again, I can't see any of that. So, if I understand this correctly, we can exchange memories for answers. I assume we lose the memories. Correct. That brings me to my last point. It's not just what is sold that is lost. Upon leaving, you only retain what was given to you. The true nature of this place, its rules, and any other conversations had here are lost upon leaving. Upon entering, you are only given knowledge of the rules, and only if you were aware of them at some point. And considering this isn't my first time here... That explains why you didn't give me a warning, or any information. Alright, I think I get it. Good. We should be quick about this. Oh, right. I guess that's rule four. Take too long to ask a question, and they come for you. Who's that? Talbot! I, I, I didn't mean... Can... Hold on. <laughs> Did you hear that, brother? How could I not, sister? <laughs> what is Talbot? No questions. It has two heads, H. Gray. Sorry if I'm a little thrown off. This one is rude, is he not, brother? <laughs> it asked a question, did it not, sister? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. He's a new customer. You have a new customer policy. First one is free. Is he new, brother? His essence is familiar, is it not, sister? Familiar, but it's not the same, is it, brother? How could we have missed it? Will you forgive us? Will you tell us your name? Go ahead. That's fine. Uh, uh Dr. Charles Talbot. <laughs> Did he say doctor, brother? I don't see a white coat. Do you, sister? Could it be lying, brother? Not that kind of doctor. Technically, I'm a therapist. Oh. Are you a doctor of the mind, then? Careful, Talbot. Yes. <laughs> we do love doctors of the mind, don't we? How oh, we're wasting time. We have a question for you. Did you say question? We love a question, don't we, sister? Is there anything greater than a question, brother? What is your question? Olin. Dr. Gavin Olin. He's missing. We need to find him. Did you hear a question, sister? That was more of a statement, wasn't it, brother? <laughs> Where is he? <sighs> That was an unfortunate question, wasn't it, sister? We can't answer that, can we, brother? <laughs> Damn it. This was a waste of time. What? <clears throat> Explain. If they don't ask for payment, they can't answer the question. Their answers are in the form of a memory sold to them. I see. It was a long shot anyway. At best, I was hoping to get a lead. It's the question. I don't understand. Your question 
It's wrong. I have a question. Talbot! Where is Dr. Gavin Olin's last known location within the city? Is that a question we can answer, sister? Should we give it to him, brother? Can he pay, sister? <laughs> Talbot. Uh, you have no idea what you've done. Your question was wrong. Can you afford the answer? What kind of memory should we require, brother? What about a sad one, sister? Didn't we have a sad memory last time, brother? What, what do you suggest, then, sister? Hmm... How about a happy one, brother? Will you pay us with a happy memory? <laughs> I'll pay. <laughs> Does he think he can pay, sister? Does he not know how this works, brother? Make an exception. Please. It's great, it's fine. Are you not aware that we make no exceptions? <laughs> Alright then, no deal. Talbot, we're leaving. No, we're not. Sorry, give us a moment, please. H. Gray, isn't... This is what we came for. We can't leave. You asked the question, so you have to pay. Those are the rules. Happy memory. I have to lose a happy memory. Damn it, Talbot. Why did... You shouldn't have asked a question. I can't ask you to do this. I didn't want you to do this. <sighs> Consider it... an apology. For what? When I first met you, I was suspicious. I was hostile, and first of all, I was dismissive. And not just about the Dr. Olin stuff. I called your files fiction. Even when you clearly... When clearly reliving them hurt you. But you... You never stopped trying to help. In your own way. Talbot, I... Now, what do I say to that? They asked for a happy memory. Correct me if I'm wrong, but... You have few of those left. I... I asked you to come here. You shouldn't have to pay that price. Neither should you. H. Gray, this is me extending that hand back to you. <sighs> You'll need a good one. The length of the memory isn't as important as the emotion, but the longer the better. Right. Thank you, Talbot. <laughs> uh, I choose... Oh, my 16th birthday. I got my first car, my mom made all my favorite dishes, and dad was able to get off work. This... should do. What do you think, sister? Doesn't it smell nice, brother? Do you accept this trade, Dr. Charles Talbot? I do. <laughs> so this is your inner monologue, then. Don't be alarmed. This is your first time, so allow us to explain. <laughs> you will relive a memory that answers your question. At times, you may be your own narrator. The question may be answered at the beginning, end, or anywhere in between. 
You will, however, have to view it in its entirety. Fear not, as little time will pass outside this memory. Things may get weird from here on out. Enjoy. <laughs> I am Thomas Gardner. I'm waking up. The sunlight peeks through the gaps in my curtains. It falls onto my closed eyes, turning the darkness into shades of orange. It's warm. I groan and pull the covers over my face, a failed attempt to lure myself back into slumber. I was having a dream. I desperately try to cling onto it. The details fade away. My phone rings. I turn over sluggishly and claw at it. Yeah? I do my best to banish the grogginess my voice carries. It's my editor. I'm a writer, best-selling author. I have been called the next H.P. Lovecraft. My last book, The Chain Unbroken, was an overnight hit. Some want to turn my work into a movie, and others want to make it into a show and stream it on all platforms. I decline all of their offers. I tell them that the entire point of eldritch horror is that it's barely imaginable. Given its shape, given its image, defeats the purpose. My editor pressures me. My next book is supposed to come out next month, and I have yet to send in a single page. The publishers are getting nervous and annoyed. They paid for me to come out here, to come to this quaint little harbor town, all for me to get inspiration. I'm still putting on the final touches. I'm not sending something that's incomplete. I don't care if they just need to see something. I'm not showing them half of the picture. No, no, it'll be done in time. Friday? No, I know that's the deadline. I... Yeah, I am literally in front of my computer right now. My hand lazily paws at the floor, searching for an article of clothing. I find something. A shirt, or boxers. Something thin. Mm-hmm. Yep, so if I could get off this call and back to work, it'll get done faster. I was right. It was a shirt. I bring it to my nose and recoil from the smell. It could use a wash. I don't know what you're supposed to tell them. Tell them I'm working on it, or I spent all day in bed, or you couldn't reach me. I literally don't care. I slip the shirt on and begin to search for pants. Look, I would love to chat, but this book isn't going to write itself, so... Just handle it! I hang up, annoyed. Ugh. I let my mind stew in silent anger as I push the blanket off me. Writing is difficult enough without an entire team of people breathing down my neck. I swing my legs off the side of the bed, and my eyes spot a crumbled pair of jeans on the floor. Why do they bother with deadlines? Why can't they just let me write and publish it when it's done? Rushing a good story is foolish and likely to ruin it. Whatever. They are nothing but parasites leeching off my work anyway. 
I walk over to the small wooden desk and boot up my computer before retreating to the kitchen to start a pot of coffee. Huh. <sighs> Friday. Plenty of time. I check my phone. It's Tuesday. Four days. You got this. Come on. You're frickin' Thomas Gardner. I eventually make my way to my computer. I stare at the desktop for a long moment before clicking on a folder in the center of the screen that reads, The Broken Link. I really need to workshop that title. I open the folder, and then the Word doc. I reread what I have so far. Detective Ethan's mind had survived the internal stare of the creature below. His dreams have been consumed with an impossible bright darkness, and he... dot, dot, dot. My eyes linger at the page number in the header. It read, 1. I run my hands through my hair in frustration. I had the whole story plotted out. I just needed to write it. I breathe deeply and lean back in my chair. <sighs> the scent of salt wafts into the room from an open window. My ears pick out the distinct right. sounds of seagulls in the distance. Don't get distracted. Focus, Thomas. Just... focus. I set my rapidly cooling coffee down and move my fingers to the keyboard. My hands rest on the home row position. My eyes fixate on the blinking vertical line like it was taunting me, or, perhaps, begging me to start writing. Yet, no letters pour onto the screen. No ideas form in my mind. My entire attention seems to fall solely onto that line. That cursed, vertical line. My vision begins to tunnel. I stare so hard at the screen that the space between the pixels seem to elongate and stretch into oblivion. The hum from my laptop grows louder. The fan cooling it sounds as if it was placed against my ear. The blinking of that line now seems to slow. Thomas. I slam my laptop shut. My stomach calls out to me in a low rumble. I hadn't eaten. How could I expect to write anything good on an empty stomach? A walk and a good bagel is what I need. Then, I could focus. I could knock out this book in a day. Jalapeno bagel, toasted with cream cheese for Thomas, bagel for Thomas. Huh? Oh, oh, so that's me. Thomas? Yup. Sorry. Zoned out. No problem. Have a great day. You too. Almond milk latte for Rachel? The cold breeze from the ocean pierces me like a friendly dagger. It is sharp, but welcome. I close my eyes and breathe deeply. I let every one of my senses take in my surroundings. The smell of the salt in the air, the sound of seagulls in the sky, the coarse feeling of sand between my toes, the faint taste of cream cheese in my tongue. Lastly, my eyes creak open to observe the light dancing off the blue waters. 
The whole scene reminds me of the chain unbroken when Ethan first arrived to Enigmia. A smile forms on my face as I go over the details of my story in my head. The world melts from my perspective, all except sound. My attention returns to reality. I look around for whomever called my name. I am alone, on the beach. Looking back, I can see my footprints in the sand, and water lapped at my toes. Did I move closer to the water's edge? When? I return to my room and boot up my computer. The smell of the ocean hung around me. At first it was pleasant, then it was distracting. My eyes fell to that blinking vertical line. A shower. I would wash off the scent, then back to work. I wait for the water to heat up as I stand on the other side of the curtain. I am now in the kitchen, a towel wrapped around my lower half and a knife in my hands. What? When did... Confusion washes over me. How did I get in the kitchen? I was just in the bathroom. Why did I have a knife? What did I need a knife for? My head swivels around the room, surveilling it for context. I was alone. My eyes fall onto my laptop. The screen sparks to life, as if being awoken from sleep mode. Words begin to slowly type themselves onto my document. The hell? The page number in the header read, 20. I began to read. Ethan stood on the beach, a taste of cream cheese still fresh on his tongue. I swing my attention around me. What? Hello, who is doing this? I returned to reading when I met with silence. Ethan rushed to the kitchen, towel barely hanging off of him. He needed a weapon. He knew the sound of the creature below when he heard it. It may be a cosmic entity beyond understanding, but he has seen it bleed before, and by day's end, he would see it bleed again. Thomas. I am fully dressed but barefoot. My eyes lock onto the full moon. I am outside now. My body felt weak and my mind disoriented. I am covered in a thin sheen of sweat. How did I get here? Where even is here? I look around, trying to piece together my surroundings. I am in town, outside the bagel shop facing the beach, in my hand gripped tightly 
is the knife covered in blood. Oh, oh God. I panic as my mind went into overdrive. It wasn't just the knife. I look oh down God. at my clothes. I am covered in blood. My hands search my body, inspecting myself for a wound. It isn't my blood. A sickening feeling creeps into my mind, and I slowly turn my head to look behind me. The cafe's windows have been smashed. Inside the building, bodies are in piles. It's as if someone cramped the entire town into the shop. Viscera decorated the space like garland on a Christmas tree. I scramble to my feet and run. I hide under the pier, violently switching between trying to catch my breath and vomiting. Once all my heaves became dry, a thought occurs to me. One that causes my hands to shake as I reach into my pocket. I have my phone on me. I hurriedly unlocked it, opening my drive folder. Come on. My novel's last entry is on page 237. I begin scrolling back to page 20. Ethan knew now that the creature below had become more devious since their last encounter. It wore the faces of the townspeople. It crawled underneath their skin, infesting their organs like a parasite. Jesus Christ! Ethan knew what he must do. He grabbed the knife off the kitchen floor and... No! No! I am now standing in an office space. The whiplash of the change threw me into shock. Like a walking corpse, I take in the scene. Bodies lay scattered and torn around me. Thin trails snake their way over desks. Blood pools at my feet. I am holding a pair of large scissors in my hands. It takes me a moment to realize where I am. I am in my publisher's office. Tears are falling down my face. My expression is stoic as I read the single word on the wall, written in blood. Parasites. A wall-mounted TV hangs by its cords in the corner. The sound of static grows louder and louder. At that moment, I didn't know how, but I knew what was going to happen next. One without thought, but purely one motivated by my desire for this twisted nightmare to end. My eyes lower to gaze upon the scissors. With a quick motion, I jam the pointed end into my right ear canal. <laughs> Static, quiet. <sighs> I feel the blood run down the side of my neck. It is warm. Another quick motion in my left ear becomes dark. <laughs> smile found its way onto my face. My body feels weak, and the world begins to turn black, my vision consumed by darkness. I barely feel myself hit the floor. My consciousness stirs. I am in a hospital room. I can feel thick bandages on my ears. I try to sit up. I feel myself groan, but I hear nothing. A man is sitting in a chair facing me. He has a notebook and waits for my eyes to meet his. His presence is calm, yet powerful. 
I don't panic. Perhaps he has put me at ease, or perhaps I am intimidated. I can't make up my mind. He writes something in his notebook and tears out the piece of paper. He stands and makes his way to my bedside. My body reacts and cowers. Intimidated, I decide. He hands me the paper. There are strange symbols on it, and my brain feels like it's crawling with spiders by just looking at it. I search his face for understanding. He says something. I don't hear him. The note ignites like flash paper, but it doesn't burn. Still, I jump a little, surprised. My name is Dr. Gavin Olen. No, no, it's all right. I know it can be unsettling at first. I mean you no harm. I can hear him, but his mouth isn't moving. Can you tell me what happened? I try to speak, but I can't tell if I'm making sense. It's all right. You don't have to do that. Just think back. So I do. I let the memories play out like a movie, giving shape and image to the barely imaginable. He nods along, taking small breaks to write in his notepad. I begin to cry. <sighs> you shouldn't have had to go through that. I'm sorry. I would like to help. I stare at the mysterious man before me. A man who speaks in my head, with eyes radiating kindness, but with an air of power that hangs around his person. A thought occurs to me. I... I want to forget. Yes, I imagine you do. However, forgetting our past is dangerous. Our histories define us. Make us who we are. My thoughts scream over his. I need to forget. Even if I could do that, I'm not sure it's wise. You encountered something. You may have found a way to silence it. But other things can and will come. Surely I don't care! I hurt people! Killed people! I don't want this! I understand. I want to help you. But... I'm afraid that I'm on my way out of the city. Normally, I would mail my concerns, however, this matter I must address personally. I only agreed to see you because I owe the Dean here a favor, and it's not important. If I can, I will find you when I get back. But I can't leave you like this. I know someone who can take your memory of this horrid affair. Yes! Please! I must warn you. You won't remember why you are deaf. Why your publishers... I don't care! Very well. I'll go speak to your doctor. I'll be right back. He was true to his word. I found myself outside of a pawn shop. I enter. The store is empty of customers. The man gave me instructions. I called out, forming the words best I can without being able to hear them. I say, I have a question for you. A creature appears. I barely respond. 
My nerves are shot. The creature raises a hand and snaps its fingers. It speaks, and somehow I can hear it. I know this creature is somehow responsible for that, and I know it's temporary. <laughs> we do love questions, don't we, brother? Is there anything better, sister? <laughs> what is your question? Can you take a memory from me? Now that is a new one, isn't it? Wouldn't his price be his request, brother? Should we grant it, sister? Please. I'll do anything. Anything you say? Anything. Would you answer a question for us? Without hesitation. Who are you? I am Thomas Gardner. <laughs> huh. I'm not sure how that answers. <laughs> Talbot, get back. Right. What memory did you feed us? I don't understand. My six Murder! Deceiver! They, uh, they stopped speaking in questions. That's, that's probably not good. How would I- No more questions! We want nothing from you! I don't under- Thief! Pretender! Talbot, what did you do? Out! Get out! Before we rip you asunder! Okay, yep. Talbot, let's go. Alright, what does- Now! Damn it. Talbot, what happened in there? You're asking me? They just flipped out. Did I do something wrong? I... No, I mean, what happened? Literally. I'm out of breath and, and I don't remember anything. You don't? Oh, right. Rule three. Upon leaving, you only remember what you were given. All else is lost. But, uh... But you remember? I... I guess I do. Just like with the cops. You should have forgotten, but you didn't. Talbot, I don't like this. I don't know. Let's head back. Explain on the way. Right. This episode is a Dark Papers Entertainment production. Showrunners for the episode were Christopher George and Dalton Lewis. This episode was written by Christopher George. Script editing was done by Dalton Lewis. Dr. Charles Talbot was voiced by Christopher George. H. Gray was voiced by Michael Williams. The pawn shop owner was voiced by Peter O'Keefe and Allie Ford. Thomas Gardner was voiced by Dalton Lewis. Dr. Olin was voiced by Peter O'Keefe. Hello, listeners, patients, and or Clear Minds employees. Chris here. Thank you everyone who has listened and supported us. This little indie project would be nothing without you. Every rating, like, listen, and Patreon subscriber has made a huge impact on us. We are excited to bring you even more content as time passes. Until next time, stay safe and stay sane.